Listening Dog Media. Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. The Rugby Podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. This is Rocket with me, Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. And you can follow us on Twitter at Rocket underscore podcast. We'll be talking all things Six Nations and we'll be getting the thoughts of rugby league legend Martin O'Fire. The brand new rugby podcast. Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. So Nick, I mean our predictions were nearly right apart from the main one. France, England, gee. Yeah, we got that one wrong, didn't we? But before we go on to the Six Nations, clearly yeah. a lot of talking points we've got to cover. Um, our second recording of this podcast, yeah. um, you approached me with it. It's good fun so far. Yeah. And uh, clearly to get a little bit of awareness out there and subscribers, yeah. um, someone tells me through a friend of a friend that uh, on your Saracens Old Boys group... Yeah. Um, you oh, didn't put it out. You didn't put it out on the old boys group. So embarrassing. You what's that? that? Yeah, I'm not telling. You I'm, I'm not. I'm not revealing my sources, mate. You so, what's that? You what's that? So, uh, Chris Chesney. Yeah. Chris Chesney, the let worst explain, guy. Let me explain. To and you said this. No, 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 no. Because you, <laughs> mate, you're, you're no, not going to tell brilliant. the truth here. No, I will. And uh, you said to Chris Chesney, you sent the link, and you said, mate, you know. Can you send this on to the Sarri's Old Boys or the yeah. 100 Club for me, please? Yeah. Because I'm too embarrassed to do it. Yeah, that's I right. I mean, come on, mate. This is your idea. Surely you should have a sense of pride about no, you it. See, too embarrassed to do it. Look, and not... so Ches, instead yeah. of forwarding on the link, oh, forwarded so... on the entire message. He, he forwarded on the entire message and it forwarded on my little request saying, I'm too embarrassed to send it myself. Do you mind doing it for me? Cheers, rugby ball, you know, champagne. And then he sent the whole message and then I've got a barrage of abuse from everyone. <laughs> Oh, thanks for that. But listen, then you know, next time round, I'll I'll just send it out, and I, I won't bother. Oh, mate, we 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 we're going to embarrass. Right. Up. Mate, we'll embarrass listen, ourselves as mind. much as possible. On this. That's what it's about. I don't mind. But listen, I tell you what. Listen, we're I think we're both in a bit of shock. We predicted. Although I have to say, I got the um, I got the Italy Wales game spot on. By the way, on my prediction, spot on. on. And the, you and were the better Ireland, than me. And though. the Ireland yeah. and Scotland game spot on. But obviously, we both got the French game wrong. So Nick, what went wrong? Well, I think what went right for France was their discipline and defence and their motivation. Um, England just didn't rock up, did they? First half, shell-shocked. Um, the French physically got stuck in um, and England didn't have an answer. Missing ball carriers um, affects their power game, their game plan, and our leaders went missing. Um, but from a global rugby perspective, let's just hope, Okay, looking at the positive side, that this is a turning point in French rugby because we need them back at the top of the uh, international game. No, that's right. But losing 24-17, 17 points down at half-time, the first time England hadn't scored in the first half since 1988. And it was, for me, it was uh, reminiscent of the World Cup final recently where we were shell- shell-shocked, out of kilter, players playing out of position, players out of form, and it just felt like a snowball effect of, of, of a hangover from the World Cup. But even still, and also perhaps a hangover from the Saracen saga, no one looked happy. No, and ultimately, I think this side under Eddie Jones, typically, you know, they're the, they're the playground bullies, aren't they? They go out there, they want to bully. You saw it against New Zealand. When they got the front football, when they're going well, side stand up to them, where are we going to go next? Wales last year, World Cup final, France game, those are the questions we've got to have answered. But I have to say, over this weekend, that two of the best performers this weekend were, in fact, English and they were Nick Tompkins, <laughs> who played in the centre for Wales, outstanding, and Sean Edwards <laughs> and Johnny May. Okay, well that's you three. Johnny say. May was outstanding, but he should well, listen. One big mistake, he shouldn't have stopped. We all no, know, true, only true. play to the whistle. But but yeah, what a weekend! I mean, I'm going to put it out there right now. I mean, look, it's the first time England haven't scored in the first half since 1988. That's how shell shocked they were, and. And for me, looking at the World Cup just gone and, and, and Eddie Jones saying, you know, we want to be the best team playing the greatest rugby the world has ever seen. And then he comes out with the ludicrous, you know, saying that they're going to be brutal over in France who took that badly and took it the wrong way, which just fired them up. I'm going to put it out there. All the other teams in the Six Nations have made big changes in the personnel on the pitch and personnel off the pitch. I'm going to ask you, and my opinion is, is that we need a change and we needed a change after the World Cup because it's all the same. It's all sound bites from Eddie Jones. I think we should have got an England coach, English coach 
right now. What say you? His track record, I think he's got the best win percentage. So let's look at the pros here. He's got the best wins percentage. He's taken England from not qualifying out of their group to a World Cup final, where they put in arguably two of the best performances at the World Cup. Um, he took on a team four years ago, very, very different. Four years ago, bombed out their own World Cup. Um, the, yeah, England were at the lowest ebb, weren't they? Very easy to motivate and say, yeah. prove to me what you're about and get them going. I say, I said it last week, I'll say it again. He needs to release the shackles on a lot of these players or find players with core leadership ability on the field in the pressure moments mm-hmm. who can think on their feet and actually drive a group of players when the game plan's not working. Yep. When sides stand up to England, and ultimately the, all you've got to do to stand up to England, because his game's been based about round power, mm. and when you don't have the Vunapolas and Tulangi goes off after 10 minutes, where's your power game now? But okay, I'll, I'll and if sides stand, no, 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 stand up no, to him, sides stand up to him, where not, is your ability no, no, listen, to win the game you're, you're in other talk, areas? You're talking about leadership, which I think is something separate, and we didn't see that um, against France. I, I'm saying that Eddie Jones made a quite a few errors first of all in team selection I'm not being funny but it doesn't take a genius to realise you need a specialist number 8 okay so you've got great players like Don Brandt you know even Nathan Hughes in the form of their life and yet he, he moves Tom Curry out of position and you know more about that as a number 8 it's a skill keeping that ball in the back of the scrum and we didn't have that and we didn't have someone off the base of the scrum being able to run over the top of the people the big ball carriers so they got that wrong Cruz probably should have started you know we struggled with the line to some extent Ben Young's we've already said all along is past it where were these changes? Every other team made changes and we didn't. And I just think that his time is up. I'm, I'm, I'm bored of listening to... He's, all, he's already said, you know, that he's, he's not going to make many changes for the Scotland game. But I just think, you know, we look back with Cipriani. Would it be, we be better with Cipriani in the World Cup? I think so. And I just think it's about time we had a change. Well, if you look at the French spine and how they performed. Yeah. Captain, eight, nine, ten, yep. best players for France. Yeah. You look at England, spoken about Ben Youngs, you know, yeah. two years out of form now. Yeah. Um, Ford, is he the 10, isn't he? You know, there's, there's sounds coming out that Farrell might move back there this weekend. And Tom Curry's not a number eight. Yeah. And, you know, it was clearly exposed in the harshest of arenas, mm-hmm. as you mentioned. Um, and captain, Owen Farrell. You know, yeah. I still think there's a bit of a hangover with what's going on at club for a few of the Saracens players, yeah. but we won't delve into that. We'll just talk about no, England I th- I for now. I think you can say, though, there was some sort of undercurrent of it didn't seem quite... They didn't be able... To, they weren't able to work it out on the pitch, were they? And, and we've seen this before with England. And I know Owen Farrell is, you know, seems to be a great captain, but you tell me, and I don't know the answer to this, who is the... Uh, pack leader. Now I remember in my day, obviously we had Captain Martin Johnson, we had Lawrence Delalio, Jason, and these sort of big, big personalities who knew how to change the course of events. And I don't see a pack leader in that team at all. That's current England. Well, team. you talk about captain now. Yeah. Owen Farrell is an absolute world class player. Yeah, and he has a warrior spirit about him. Yeah, and he feeds on emotion. Yeah, you know he's he's got that. You know, same from his dad. He's a competitor. He's a competitive animal. Yeah. But I'm not sure whether he's the best captain for England. Um, you look at his record as captain, England have won 14, lost eight. Um, oh, and, wow. that, and that's in an era where Eddie Jones is close to 80% win percentage. Um, I, I personally think you've Maro Itoji, he's done, he's done the role before, it's time for him to step up. And that could have been the change that could have happened. Mm. But I come back to your point, and you just, the point I made earlier, and you've just mentioned mm. it then. The inability of this group of England players to adapt and think on their feet and find another way of resting momentum back in high-pressure situations has been found wanting the last four years. Yeah. When things go well and the game plan goes well, we're unstoppable, the best in the world. And sides, all they have to do is stand up to us physically. And boy, did France do that. And it showed in their defence. Sean Edwards, sort of, wow. in mean- 12 days, the guy is the best in the world. Absolutely. I mean, you could see it. I mean, on the French line. Now, the French have always, in, over the years, the last decade at least, have had this habit of capitulating. And when they were on their line and we had six, seven, eight phases, you could see it was Sean Edwards' blueprint all over it. And everyone on Twitter saying that was a Sean Edwards win, nothing else. But, you know, we let him go. I mean, we offered him the Saxons job, didn't we, five, six years ago? And he's went on to have... No longer. I think, oh, it, was it, two, longer? I think it was 2008, yeah. 
I mean, incredible success he's had to have someone like him to go into this French team. And did you did you see any of his, his uh, press conferences? Him trying to speak French, which yeah. was quite funny, which was, which was absolutely genius. And I always wondered to myself, it's a genius appointment, but I just wondered whether he'd be able to get his message across to the French players. So quite clearly, he's had a. He, obviously, he's in charge of the breakdown as well, and they were fantastic at the breakdown. But uh, there was some sort of there was a mindset about the French scene. And yes, maybe it was Sean Edwards, but but do you think the sort of words from Eddie Jones was A, necessary, and B, helpful in any sort of way about being brutal against a young French? Well, it was, it was helpful to the French because the yeah. number eight who got man of the match, Gregory Aldrich, said it. said, of yep. course we read that. We want to prove we're winners here. We want to prove it. And Sean Edwards... As all the good work he's done, that's just added, you know, that's been easy for him. He's probably smiling there going, I don't have to say much here. Put the quotes up around the wall. But he's also a great character, Sean Edwards. And um, I remember being at a wedding with, <laughs> you know, you can take the guy out of Wigan, but you can't take Wigan out of yeah. uh, Sean. And yeah, you, you see his press conference with a broad Wigan accent <laughs> doing his Del it. Boy French. I loved it. And uh, I was at a wedding with him about five years ago and uh, he turns up and he's got, his school school black trousers on. He's got a short white uh, collared shirt, as if he was a he was the chauffeur driver there. His sense of fashion's never been no, um, you know, too high up in his list of priorities. And he's wearing black trainers. I said, "Oh, yeah, you got trainers on there, Sean? Have you got you know a foot injury or something? You're coming from operations, you know, sore feet, blisters, whatever it might be." He goes, "No, mate. No, I always wear trainers out. Oh. Doesn't matter how smart." Or formal the occasion, always wear trainers. And why is that? And he goes, because if you get in a fight, right, no. you get good grip on the floor. No, you're wearing leather soles. <laughs> you're wearing leather soles. You slip everywhere. You know, if you're swinging a punch, you rotate, you fall on the floor. I say, I've done it once. I'm not going to do it again. Can this is appalling. We're going to accent. And then, it, but he also nice. gives another reason. He goes, yeah. he says, also, it's the best footwear for running away from police. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, I just thought, you know what? There's reason behind this, so I I can't really argue with it. Out of interest, um, just about being the the brutality and the violent. Were you you ever violent? I mean, were you ever violent in your career? Because I I was sort of, I I class myself as a lover, not a fighter, and I think you're in the same bracket. But the the only violence that I sort of uh, dished out was uh, a game against Leicester. And at the first couple of minutes, I put put the ball in the scrum, and uh, Martin Corrie, uh, basically as I'm putting the bullet undid my shoelaces so I'm running around for a couple of minutes with the shoelaces undone I thought it was quite funny next scrum he does the same next scrum he does the same so I keep running around with shoelaces undone it's really annoying me it's starting to piss me off so we get to the next scrum I said I'm not with Martin if you do that again I'm going to break your fingers anyway he goes again and I stamped on his, his hand right and I, I, I saw his middle finger pop up towards me so I've dislocated his finger so he's got up off the scrum and he's like, ow, 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 and he runs off the pitch, all right? And I can see the doctor putting it back in and I think, well, I'm not going to see him again. Anyway, <clears throat> the doctor puts it back in, straps his finger, comes back on and he goes, Bracken, there's, there's 65 minutes left, you're having it. And he did, he had me or the whole match. But were you ever violent in your your career? Or I mean, look, you've, you've got to be physical. I didn't go out there looking for it. I thought it was counterproductive. I'd wind people up, you yeah. know, I'd niggle them or take them off the ball or certainly give a few verbals yeah um and we spoke about you know the french last week and there was a picture that went out with our guest serge betson wasn't there oh, but, uh, i'm sure it was accidental with his yeah. finger in my eye clearing me out yeah. and the, the french are notoriously hopefully sean's you know clearly sorted their discipline but uh, they were notorious for a, you know a few bits of skullduggery on the field weren't they and i remember yeah. when we we went and played harlequins played toulon in the quarterfinal in Europe a few years ago now. And uh, Shawsy, Simon Shaw, had just signed for too long, along with Backy's Boerter. Yeah. You know, what a second oh, wow. that is. The size of them. And he was telling a story. He says, right, so he joined at the start of the season, Shawsy. Backy's joined halfway through. And he said that uh, after the game, they sat in a change room, they've won the game. Shawsy said, again, I'm going to put on a terrible accent. It's going to be South African for, for <laughs> our listeners. Yeah. And Shawsy, it's not Shawsy's accent, Shawsy's sort of speaking to him and uh, says, oh, and, and looks at him. And he's disconsolate, dis, uh, uh, back his boater. Yeah. He's, got, he's got his head down as if they've lost the game, as if he's the one that's given the last minute penalty away or what might have been. And he said, hey, hey, mate, you know, well done. Congrats on your debut. I love playing with you. You know, you did well, 50 minutes, yeah. you know, um, hit rucks, carried well, you know, did what, do what you do uh, in a world-class form. And he goes, no, Shawsy. No, Shawsy. This is back his butter, by the way. That's pretty good. No, no, Shawsy. It was not good. And he goes, well, why? What happened? It must be something I didn't see. And he goes, mate, 
I have played in World Cup finals, won a World Cup final, won Super Rugby Championships, beaten the British Lions. I've got 90 caps for my country, but never, ever on a rugby field have I had a finger stuck up my ass. <laughs> Shaw's he's like laughing away and he goes, oh mate, you know, it happens, this is France, say la vie. Oh and he goes, Shawzy, not once, but twice. <laughs> You're kidding me. Is that a true story? That's a true story. Oh, and then he God. went and he went to search. Shorzy said, it's so funny, on Monday morning, he goes straight into the video analysis room and he goes, right, I want to see who this was. Sylvian Markinay, twice. No way. <laughs> yes. Because yes. that happened in rugby league, didn't it? And he got... He got Hopawate. He was, oh, Hopawate. He was, that was what he was known as, wasn't it? How have we got round to this sticking fingers up? Yeah, 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 We're talking yeah, about the Let's rugby. move on. Let's, Let's move, move on. on. But, but I'm talking about a change with Eddie. I think we needed a new start, a new coach. But that's my opinion. You don't think we do. Well, I think I think things need to change, as you say. Selection, stop, yeah. stop. Um, you know, going contrary to a lot of pundits and not picking yeah. players who are informed. Pick people yeah. in their best positions. Tom Curry was the, one of the best flankers, if not the best at the World Cup. Yeah. Pick him there. Yeah. Don Brandt is dominating at number eight. Pick him yeah. there. Law, laws you wouldn't have at, at uh, flanker, would you? What do you think? Did that work? No, I think I think um, I would stick Courtney in the second row with yeah. Atoji. That's our best second row partnership. Okay. You know, at the end of the day, mate, it's international rugby. Ahead You've of got cruise, a, ahead of cruise. Yeah, ahead, ahead of, of cruise. cruise. What about the front row? Inch? I mean, there's maybe calls that maybe uh, Jamie George not at his best. Maybe Luke Cowan-Dickey come in there. What a front row. I mean, Genge looked great when he came on, didn't he? Yeah, Genge well, that's what really England were lacking, wasn't it? Yeah. You, you, you take the three South Sea Island lads, Manu, Mako and Billy yeah. out, yeah. and where was our go forward? Not, and I think, you know, they're going to be out this weekend. And what we don't want is a repeat of 2018 when we had not no go forward, no ball carriers. We no. had a disastrous year. We realised that. So Cowan-Dickey, I'd bring in. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'd also bring Ellis Genge in. Yeah, um, depending whether Mako's fit or not, but so either eight, way, you've got two he, carriers there that we didn't have at the weekend. He's not going to go for Don Brandt, is he? He's not going to. He's not going to. Mate, make, I mate, he has I to though. Has, he has, I, he's he got to. to bring him in, mate. It was so to. glaringly obvious. Yeah. I mean, you you need the close skill, what, but that's why he won't do it because it's so glaringly obvious. He'll do it just to piss us all off, and he won't do it. But in the backs, I think he will be brave enough now and change at scrum half. But I think he's got to move. Well, who's he going to change? He's only got two scrum well, halves in the squad. Well, he's going to get Hines, and I reckon he'll probably bring in someone like. Dan Robson, who deserves to be there. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I think it's a bit of a love affair between Eddie and Ben Youngs. I don't know. He didn't play well for his club and yet carried on playing last year. But anyway, moving on. And the centre is going to be a very interesting now because, you know, Mano's probably not going to be fit, which is such a shame for him. And we're going to need that go forward. We missed that, didn't we, against France? But I don't know what they're going to do now because Daly, does he stay on the wing? Does he come into the outside centre? Do they, I don't know. Do they go with Joseph in the outside centre to get rid of Ford? It's really difficult. I mean, what about Furbank at fullback? Do we stick with that? It'd be harsh to drop him after that. He didn't do too much wrong. A couple of little drop passes, but actually in those conditions, didn't do too much wrong. So it's going to be pretty hard for him to get the selection right, especially in the backs. Yeah, it will be hard, but ultimately that's what you're paid for. Mm. And when it doesn't go to plan, you know, mm. your brutality intensity is not there and you freeze. Mm. You know, it was like I turned away from it all like a blind man. You know, the first half we didn't seem to, uh, <laughs> we didn't seem to be uh, uh, at the races at all. And Eddie yeah. said it, um, shell shocked as you mentioned. Yeah. Got some big decisions to make there because yeah, before Farrell Joseph worked very yeah. well in his first couple of years. Yeah, but then he moved away from that because sides started figuring out again. They rely on the power game. Yeah. 2018 Six Nations, you stop the forwards. They don't have much go forward and ballast in the midfield, so he's going to have to get the balance right doesn't help that Slade and Tuolangi are you know starting centers at the World Cup for yeah. uh, various times are injured as well um but you know he needs to have a you know he's obviously going to earn his money this weekend no, isn't he absolutely be interesting to see what he comes up with rock stars so uh, how you doing man you all right I'm good, mate. Good, very good. How are you oh, guys doing? yeah, really good. Nick Easter and me here. We're just trying to get a legend on the phone, and uh, your name came up. <laughs> no, no, we're trying to get a legend on no, the no. phone, but, <laughs> but oh, we yeah, couldn't. That's yeah. <laughs> what you say. Mate, my, you're meant to be my roommate. You're meant to look after me, mate. You're always, you're always trying to get me on the back foot. Oh, hey, mate. I'm, I'm sure you watched the rugby at the weekend. I mean, were you as, as disappointed and as shocked as we were with the England France? Result and performance. Uh, well, I think there was a lot of, um, you know, France always going to come out pretty tough, aren't they? You know, any uh, side that attacks itself to Sean Edwards, you know what to expect. And I think that factor did play a part in the game. You know, uh, the interviewers were talking to, you know, Owen Farrell about Sean Edwards. You know, there was a big uh, four-minute montage on Sean before the game as well. <laughs> which I, uh, 
I managed to. I'm sure. I'm sure you saw in. your. I'm sure you saw your uh, your face um, in there in a few of the games as well. Yeah, you, yeah. But if I wasn't scoring, Charles, I was always close by. Yeah, you, <laughs> but, you were, uh, mate. Yeah, so you were. He, he was always going to be a big factor in the game. You know, I, I thought. You know, France. You know, they thrown it up. They turned up. Um, uh, you know, England. Uh, you know, the second half was a lot better than the first half. <laughs> it's definitely a game of two halves. But you know, they were certainly lacking in areas. You know, obviously missing some carry in the back row. Obviously, Mo Vanapola there. I thought also that you know the backs back three was a, a bit diluted. Obviously, Johnny May tried to win the game on his own in the second half. But I just thought you know, obviously Fairbank did have the best game. You know, he he dropped that pass out wide. You know, which could have been. Uh, a scoring opportunity, uh, you know. I thought maybe with Elliot Daly at fullback. Then I'm sure there must be some other speedster in the English Premiership who could offer, you know, be that position on the left. And I think England would have been and looked a lot more um, threatening. Yeah, who, who would you be your best back three English back three at the moment? Would you stick with Furbank? Obviously May, but what about Daly on the other wing? I mean, would you stick no, to the I, same, I, or do you stick or twist? No, no. I just I think you, you've got a twist. I think. You just need a bit more excitement back. You know, back in the days, you know, when Jason Robson was, was playing, I just thought that, apart from Johnny May, there wasn't that much threat from the back three. And I just don't know. Obviously, Watson is not there. I just thought maybe Daly at fullback. I don't know who... Where, where, do, you think, where do you think Daly's best position is, Martin? I think he's better at fullback. You know, the, 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 he has got speed, but I don't think he's got winger speed. He's got mm. fullback speed. You know, and, and what's the, what's the difference for our listeners? What's the difference? You're a connoisseur oh, in this. I don't even oh, know what the difference no, is. I, I know for me, saying, for me, <laughs> speed is speed. There's, pr- there's wheels and there's proper wheels where you just can't get <laughs> yeah. hand on. Just like exactly. Martin had them. Martin exactly. had them. And Johnny May. Yeah. Yeah. You see what Johnny May's done. You know, you, you need someone to balance that up on the other side, and with. Um, you know, even Watson, you know, you know, put him on the wing and, and, and Daly at fullback and that back three is all also looking a lot more threatening. You know, no disrespect to Fairbank, but, you know, if I was playing against him, you know, I mean, you'd be thinking, you know, he's not going to be a player that is going to hurt you that much. You know, he's probably a good player, but at that level, you need to, uh, you know, have some fear, strike some fear into your position. And what do you think of the, you know, the new look French, the French back three in particular? Mm. Um, yeah, they're good. I was more, I was really impressed with their halfbacks. You know that Dupont. You know, no, 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 Martin. I asked about a back three. Can you name them, please? Can you name them? I know you know Dupont. I know you know Dupont and Intermac, right? And that's why you changed the subject. Just, just name one of the back three for us, and we and we'll move on. The black guy with the with the, the ponytail. He, <laughs> Tom, uh, <laughs> Teddy Thomas. With the top knot. Yeah, but I did think that the uh, I did think that Dupont had a fantastic yeah, he was game, cracking, though. wasn't he? Cracking, mate. Just bef- just before you go, you've clearly you know spent a hell of a lot of time with him. You know him very very well. Um, just give us a little bit of an insight, and maybe you know a story or two. D- don't have to you know be anecdotal, really. They can be very serious. Just about Sean Edwards, um, having played with him for a very very long time, and he also brought you in the twilight or beyond the twilight of your career to Wasps, didn't he? Briefly in two thousand and two. So you've had a lot. Yeah, of, uh, you spent a lot of time with him, a lot of interactions. If you could just uh, give us a little bit of insight. Yeah, uh, Sean was, uh, you know, a great character in rugby league. He was like having uh, a coach on the pitch, you know, he was taking notes and, and coaching guys, uh, you know, way into, you see, when I was still at school, um, first time I came into contact with him really was probably on the 1988 Great Britain Lions tour to uh, New Zealand, South Africa and Papua New Guinea. And he was my roommate and we certainly didn't get on with <laughs> bit like me and you uh, Eastern Dubai but uh, yeah you know I, lo- I grew to love and respect him he helped me a lot in my career I remember when I got to Wigan in 92 after signing for a lot of money and uh, yeah things went pretty well for me in the first year then the second year things weren't going so well you know, and a great bit of advice from Sean on a night out really sort of changed things around for me and uh, sort of made things pick up for me. So what was that, what was that advice? What was the advice? Was it to do with the, the night out? Drink more. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It was just, it was just a simple advice, you know, and he said, um, uh, you know, mate, it's not broken, don't try and fix it. Always in sport, we're always trying to, you know, get ahead and do things differently and, you know, and I was in the gym trying to do big weights and, and trying to put weight on and trying to do different things and, like, sometimes you can get away with what's got you to a certain situation. And he said, look, mine, just... You just, just run hard. 
And it was simply, he said, you know, just basically do what you're doing. That's, you know, you're fast, just run hard, you know. And I just, I just ran hard. And that's what I did at uh, Wembley in 94. And, uh, you know, uh, the statue of me outside Wembley. To be honest, though, Martin, you did manage to put yeah. that weight on the last 10 years. My God. <laughs> Martin. In Dubai, in that room, honestly, mate, it was like a, I, I couldn't believe yeah. the sight in your underpants whenever you got up in the morning. You've definitely made up for that lack of weight in your career. I do, I do want yeah. to remind you, though, Martin, of one victory over me, which was come dine with come me. Dine with oh, me. my yeah. God. Listen, you, okay, your food was the best, but you bored the shit out of all of us when you got <laughs> top 100 tries from Martin of Fire. Jesus. I mean, seriously, but your food was pretty good, I have to say. Know, it was, it was like more like come drink picture. with me, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, a lot of alcohol consumed. Oh, good fun! Yeah, that was fun. So, listen, thanks for your time. Prediction for uh, yeah, prediction though for this weekend. Uh, Got to get it for uh, England. England to get Scotland away from home. Can England do it? Are they going to well, win three on a trot? According, <laughs> according to most people, I think that uh, you know not many people are, are picking England. But you know, I'm always going to. Give England a stab, you know. Obviously, when England lose, everyone's gonna jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. Everyone, you know, calling Owen Farrell. You know, it's the worst game he's ever had in an England jersey. And Clive Woodward is back in, back in Scotland. But uh, no, I'm gonna stay with England. Uh, I think uh, hopefully they will. Uh, it's gonna be a tough ask, you know. Obviously, it's gonna be tough going up to Murrayfield. But uh, yeah, I think England are gonna do it. Six to eight points. Good prediction. Cheers. Well done, my man. Thanks a lot for your time. Okay, mate. Cheers, mate. Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. Right, let's move on. Um, the second game of the weekend, uh, Ireland-Scotland, 19-12 to Ireland. Um, Scots actually gave it a good go, didn't they? Cracking game. Great game. And I was surprised at how good Scotland were. Um, if it wasn't for Stuart Hogg, their captain, who had a magnificent game, dropping the ball over the line. He just Mate, oh, that's schoolboy. Oh, My it, first professional season at Oral. Up north, Wigan, yeah. where Sean's from. Good stop. Uh, Ross Reynolds, ex-Australian number eight, came in. Yeah. And we played a pre-season. And I scored a try, put the ball down with one hand. Didn't drop it. like right. Stuart, Put the ball down with one hand. His only clip on the Monday morning was me doing that and saying, that's not how we score tries. Oh, really? And for half an hour, he had us practising scoring tries. Everyone in the team, hands. from prop to 15, everyone in the team. Not two hands. Um, diving over sliding on your chest oh, ball really? tucked in he said anything can happen the games are so tight we don't want this to be the difference you do all the hard work I so even at that yeah, even at that level really, and so I remember, early I remember Martin I was Johnson to score the try who wasn't happy with uh, Chris Ashton's swallow dive he wanted him to just put the ball down but um, I don't know what happened but, but I tell you what Scotland played some great rugby against all the odds we all thought that this was going to be New Ireland side a new dawn, Andy Farrell as the coach. They're going to play more exciting rugby, more expansive rugby. You know, it's not going to be sort of forward collision stuff. And um, and actually, if anything, it was Scotland who played all the rugby. They looked like they looked like a side a side reborn. Maybe it was the Finn Russell saga which sort of spurned them on to have that performance. Um, Adam Hastings, I thought, was great at ten. Ali Price was great. Mm-hmm. I think where they lacked maybe was the finishing touches especially in the in the opposition 22 they came away with nothing four or five times lost the ball I kind of feel the referee uh Rayner was quite sort of like uh, like uh, a lot of decisions went the Irish way I thought they were off their feet a few times but that said I mean Scotland should have cleared them out but it, it really was Scotland's game to win wasn't it it was there but ultimately it's all about taking your opportunities and the Irish getting opportunity 10 minutes in with a little wrap round play, seen that before. Canterbury Crusaders last year did it to us yeah. <laughs> to, to draw a game in the last minute. Um, and actually, from the Irish point of view, you did see them um, playing riskier rugby, taking chances, putting width on the ball, trying yeah. to run it from their twenty-two. But as you mentioned, Scotland had the running, they had the territory, they had the yeah. possession, yeah. Um, and I think a big work on will be their breakdown wasn't mm-hmm. good, especially into the twenty-two. Yeah, um, their scrum was good though. They yeah. better, you know. Tad Furlong was in all sorts of problems against Rory Sutherland there. Um, I thought their line-out was a bit under pressure, but uh, from a coaching point of view, yeah, you're pleased to see you creating opportunities. Yeah, being able to create opportunities and get opportunities in the red zone, if you like, in the opposition twenty-two, is what you aspire to do. But then you need that execution when you get there, and at the highest level. 
they would be expected to do better than that because a lot of them they were isolated runners you know when you when you're going so close to the ruck there that shouldn't really be happening but fair play to think, the Irish back the Irish were off, off their feet a little bit I thought they were unlucky yeah, but they, they, they were they were Brax but you, you push the referee as a back row player You've got to know what where the line is, and yeah. you tr- you just edge over the line, especially mm. early in the game. And they got mm. Stander got a turnover very early on in the game. Yeah. And it's like, well, if the guy's not refereeing it, you're going to do it all day. What about Peter O'Mahony? I mean, what a player! He comes on after three minutes. I felt sorry for for Doris. It would have been great to see him, and uh, you know, first couple of minutes knocked out, but. Peter came on and played the game of his life. I mean, he was everywhere. He was stopping everything. Proving a point, wasn't he? Yeah. You've been there, haven't you, a few times? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it's just that little nugget of motivation, as we found out about the French and uh, the barbs thrown their way. And at the highest level, um, the emotional intensity is even more important. I, t- I tell you what I, found, I, I thought, though, is, um, you know, you talk about the old players and the new players coming in. And uh, I thought Connor Murray was was pretty average and Cooney came on and made a massive difference and I was I was sort of surprised they didn't start with him but 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 Cooney came on and made some really important kicks you know got them behind uh, got got the balls behind uh, the Scotland uh, line and played very well and looked sort of quite exciting but the thing about Conor Murray is he doesn't really he doesn't really challenge uh, or interest around the fringes anymore like he used to his pass is okay his box kicking was was pretty poor not as bad as Ben Young's, but pretty poor. And Cooney came on and looked uh, man of born really in that position. And I think maybe that's what they'll do for because because they've got a massive game, haven't they, against Wales? Yeah, I think he, he will stick with Conor Murray. Big game experience. So? Big game experience. Really keeping that link, as we mentioned last week. That you know who Sexton has played with more often. Clearly mm. Conor Murray, but he now knows John Cooney. If Connor's, you know, not d- doing the business, if you like, or they need a bit of change up there, that John Cooney has the ability um, to be able to do that. I always find that when I was playing, you know, I-, I could play, I could play poorly, and if we won, they'd stick with the same players and the same with Matt Dawson. Sometimes, you know, I'd say, you know, find he'd have a poor game, and yet he'd keep his place because they won. So when you win, sometimes it's harder to make changes, isn't it? But uh, uh, in in this case, if John Cooney had fifty caps. Yeah. I don't think so. You can make horses for courses or you can go on, actually, this guy's playing better than you. Yeah. Um, and you then generate a lot of competition in the environment and therefore yeah. the performance should be better. But he's he's got a home win under his belt, Faz. Yeah. Um, he's got another home game. He'll want to keep momentum. It's a tough game for them to win. They dug yeah. it out. And then he's got two tough trips. We didn't see a going, new going, dawn. Going we didn't to, see a new dawn of Irish rugby, did we? We didn't see the shackles off. We didn't. In yeah, fact, but I think I think we did, Brax. Where? I think we did. They where? didn't have much possession. Lama was all right every now and again. On no, the they were willing to attack from deep under Joe Schmidt. They were very much no rugby in their own half. Discipline. Yeah. Don't give opportunities to the opposition, yeah. and it worked yeah. um, to a certain degree. I think they did chance their arm a bit more, but we didn't see them with the ball much. No. They were defending most. No, of the they time. were. They were. Um, but they've got two tough trips to Paris and London. I expect them to keep the same 9-10 combo. Rocket, Kieran Bracken, Nick Easter, the brand new rugby podcast. So lastly, Wales v Italy. Uh, Wayne's first game in charge. Uh, what a game it was. And my prediction of 45-point win was not too far off with 42-0. I mean, it was very one-sided, although Italy started quite well. I know you were at... Uh, Buckingham Palace, St James's Park, walk, walking your, uh, your 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 little fellow and your lovely wife. But I, I was I was doing something similar, but I was at home sort of fast forwarding because it, it was pretty boring to watch after a while because it was literally like a training run. But um, but I mean, if, you know, good to see Lee Halfpenny back. Um, I thought Thomas Williams was outstanding as 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 nine. You may have seen Dan Bigger with it with the um, with the ball legs. between his legs was absolutely fantastic. Um, but you know what, a new dawn and, and one thing. Interestingly, there was an Englishman who's probably one of the most outstanding players. Nick Tompkins came on in the first half, got a penalty. Then later on, when he came on for real, he uh, he looked outstanding. So he's a player we missed. What a great try he scored. And and George North going from the wing into the outside centre, scored a couple of tries. Whether he'd be good enough to play there against better better um, you know sides, it'll be be interesting. But a hat trick from Josh Adams on the wing. They look like they look the part. I was going to ask you though. We'll, we'll go on to Italy in a minute, but I was going to ask you one thing that I was, I quite liked about Wales was I, I often see, and you've coached this possibly in South Africa, but splitting the pack up. And at, <clears throat> at St Albans School, where I coach, we've got a New Zealander coach uh, Jeremy, and we always try to play a 
two four two, and they you know leave a couple of players in the fifteen channels and leave four in the middle, and and, and actually I, I I saw a lot Tiprick and Falatau out on the outside, and it does mean that they're going to try and play a wide wide game, keep the ball moving. They're not the most the biggest pack, but they are quite mobile. So it's quite interesting the Wales Wales way as opposed to the Warren Ball way. It's quite quite interesting how they're going to change. Yeah, look, that's a lot of sides now play that way, one three three one or one three two one or whatever it is. But yeah, spreading the field with your forwards, saving on energy, creating understanding and trust in those pods and playing to your strengths depending on the type of players you've got. Um, and Wayne Pivot coming from you know the school that taught us it or yeah. came up with it, New Zealand will know it better than others. I actually think I think Warren Gatland started to do it towards the last year or two. Um, they did start to put a little bit more width on it when Jamie Roberts wasn't in the side. Um, but now they've got two brilliant minds in terms of creating opportunities and lots of tries, hopefully, for yeah. Wales. And Stephen Jones, yeah. who, by all accounts, is a brilliant attack coach, and Wayne Pivek, who's got a hell of a pedigree behind him. But as you say, it was more like a, you know, a training run. Um, yeah. The Italians, um, look, they try to give it a lash. We spoke about it last week, and we Franco Smith, but for him, it's the terror of knowing what the world is about at international level, isn't it? And, That's pretty um, brutal, wasn't it? I mean, and, it was uh, like touch rugby at one stage, But, but it's one it? of those, it's like the, the Italians, whether they said it or not, gave the impression, we're going to run everything. So Wales like, right, we'll stick one person in the backfield then, so we'll just stick 14 people on our feet, wait for you to turn it over and uh, take our opportunities. And uh, But Wales... Um, bubbling away nicely that's a yeah, nice start very nice very nice I just like the way they, they, they approach the game and try to keep the ball alive I've never felt George North as a natural outside centre so it'll be interesting to see what they do now perhaps I don't know whether Parks is properly injured or Nick Tompkins can go in there George North goes up they've got a real balance back to their side and to see Lee Halfpenny back playing playing well they just look a really settled side don't they and, and I'll tell you I'll tell you who I'm really impressed with Dan Bigger yeah. So he comes in, the Warren Gatland style of playing, okay, let's say four four years ago, whatever, mm. four, three, four years ago, he was one of their best players. Played that style, yeah. delivered that blueprint of how they wanted to win. Mm. He's now been at Northampton, Chris Boyd, and he's with Wales, um, with Wayne Pivock. Both have that New Zealand blueprint of taking the ball flatter, gain line rugby. Yeah. Kick obviously when it, you know when it's on, when you're trying to manage the game, but putting width on the game and varying it up. Mm. And he's taking it, to both those game plans and delivered both those game plans but also thinking for himself and on his feet a lot of the time mm. and I don't think he's getting enough credit because if you remember when Warren Gatlin wanted to play a little bit more of an expensive game Gareth Anscombe yeah, came Anscombe into the came side in. and yeah. obviously yeah. being a Kiwi yeah. he understands the type of yeah. uh, rugby you're playing yeah. and what, and Dan Bigger was sort of well actually you can only play that sit deep you know kick for the corners type of game yeah. one out rugby and obviously chase your own Gary Owens if you like yeah. but he's adapted his game at club level under Chris Boyd and that's helped him um, when when he's with Wales with Wayne Pivock and I think I don't think he's been given enough credit because he's really really advanced his are we, game are we getting carried away because it was against Italy who let's face it I mean didn't really look like they should be in the Six Nations anymore I mean it depends how the rest of the matches go it'll be interesting uh, play, play France coming up and whether they get smashed there and actually is it, are they going to be the whipping boys now and there's going to be the question whether they should be in the Six Nations the fact is who would come up I don't know Fiji or I don't know Georgia or whatever but well they had the game against Georgia uh, last year didn't they and they got beaten uh, Georgia got beaten comprehensively right it, um, it is a pity um, but I think it's you've got to stick with them yeah, I think you've got to stick with them. Conor O'Shea did some brilliant work the last four years. They are trying to advance their attack. They are a lot more conditioned. Unfortunately, they've got some good players. They've they? some good players. Pelledri's a nice player, isn't he? He's a, he's a, a brilliant. They've player. got a lot of good players. Franco Smith is all out attack. Yeah, from my point of view, if you want to develop Italian rugby, you've yeah. got to say, lads. This is what we're going to do every single week. Look, there's obviously other parts of the game. They can't be throwing it around yeah. from everywhere. But you have to push the boundaries, take risks, play on the game line. Because the only way you're going to get better yeah. under pressure with your decision-making, your execution with sure. ball in hand, is if we do this at this level. What he can't do is rein it in and go, we've got no points and we're all out of track. No. We've got to change our game plan. That will no. not work for Italian rugby. I, I, I like their fly half, Alan. I think he's a very good player. And uh, the, the tighter prop had a very good game, yeah. Galocci. But... You see, I think you're right. I think they've just got to go into every game and, and, and try to try to outscore the opposition. It's a bit like, you know, the way Japan have approached the World Cup. They're like, OK, we're not as strong as everyone else, but we're skillful, we're fit. Let's just try a play a game where we have 
two two people, three people in the rook would play quick ball, just mm. keep moving around, keep going. And I think they might get some joy against maybe Scotland or, or, or Ireland or, or yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be hard though, you know, facing England and France. I mean, they don't have the power. But, they, just, but they've done it for the last four years. They won a Six Nations game since 2015. Yeah. So it's like, right, if we are going to go down, yeah, we're going to go, go down, down fighting, fighting. Yeah. Um, like with a gun in style, with a gun yeah. in our hand. You yeah. know that sort of, that sort of attitude, and you can layer on top of that. But uh, I quite like the fact that Franco Smith, and you know, given the success he's had as a coach, yeah. is about the ball in hand. Sometimes teams like to implement defence, set piece, kicking sure. game first, and although that's good in parts. Okay, there's, there's there's still issues there, but you have to now in the modern game and the Six Nations, especially the quality of rugby, you have to be a threat with ball in hand. Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter, the brand new rugby podcast. Thanks for those who got in touch on our Twitter handle at Rocket underscore Podcast. Some questions in first one from uh, Scrum three six five. Nick, do Scotland need Finn Russell back? Um, I don't think. Back in the starting lineup, I think Ali Price and Adam Hastings actually conducted uh, the Scotland attack and the game management well. We've spoken about it. Um, I'd like to see him on the bench, but yep. we don't really know how that might affect the environment down there because we we were very impressed with Scotland, had most of the running. Um, they'll smell blood against England. You know, the side struggling with combinations, with confidence, and desperate to win. Yeah, it's a different situation if England had won. Um, but given his ability and hopefully right you've learnt your lesson you've got you know you've got to take your time now you've got to work your way back in the side I'd like to see him on the bench um, because you've got to have the best players playing um, question for you from D. Bennell is do you think Ben Young's his time is up in an England shirt I think it I think it isn't only because of the personnel as coaching staff that they're going to stick with the no, players. Do you? I didn't say no, no, do no, you think Eddie. I think D. Bennell asked, "Do you?" I think? I think his time is up. I think he should have retired after the World Cup. I think he's had a great career. Part of me feels that Eddie Jones wants him to get over a hundred caps. Um, he's not playing very well. Last year he didn't play well at all for his club. Yet carried on play for his country. I think there's plenty of players out there who are capable. Dan Robson, Ben Spencer, all have got to be given a chance. So I think his time is up. Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. Okay, so what we're going to do in this Six Nations is have a team of the week. I, Nick Easter, will be selecting the forwards, who I think performed best over the weekend, and my co-host Kieran Bracken, the backs. And at any stage, if we don't agree, we can put forward an argument or a case for someone else, but we won't be too long. Uh, my forward pack, Lou said prop, Rory Sutherland. Thought yep. we had a really, really good game. The Scots had the best, better of uh, the Irish scrum and he gave Tad Furlong a hard time. Um, I was impressed with um, Herring, the Irish hooker. Um, I thought he did really well filling in big shoes and uh, Rory Best uh, shoes after his retirement, the Irish captain. And I'm going to have a token Italian in there, Zilocci, yeah. the tight head prop already been mentioned. Um, gave the Welsh scrum a hard time, although it's an eight-man effort, but you've still got to be able to anchor it. Second row, this was a hard one. Yeah, yeah. Because no, none, none of them really out. performed. It was the decade no. of second rows, wasn't it? I've got a Frenchman in there. Yeah, we well, serve I. I mean, it was the decade row? of second rows, yes. but I think he's going to move on to, no. a, obviously, another unit. Um, Please tell me you've got LaRue position. in there. You got LaRue in there? I've got Ian Henderson yes. from Ireland. Yeah. And Bernard Leroux. Yeah, I got Leroux. Yeah. I had Richie Gray. I quite like Richie Gray at the weekend. He was pretty, pretty mobile. But anyway, this, this is this is your pick. Carry on. Back row. Yeah. Um, this is a bit easier. Yeah. Olivon. Yeah. A blind side. I know he wears seven for French, but that's the way to do it. Left yeah. and right. Absolutely monumental. Two tries for the skipper. Led from the front. Aldrit at number eight. The man of the match. Um, official man of the match. He was excellent as well. A proper number eight playing. And tough with the open side position, both in the same game. Um, I'm torn between Hamish Watson and Josh van der Fleer. Yeah. Um, I thought uh, van der Fleer had an excellent game, excellent. covering a lot of ground, um, clearly making a lot of tackles, mm. excellent decision-making and work at a breakdown. But I'm actually going to go with Hamish Watson. Cause I thought he was outstanding. I thought he was oh, brilliant. He was and amazing. He does the work in defence that van der Fleer does. Yeah. But actually, in attack, he's he's actually a deceptively powerful player, freakishly strong and powerful, and he is huge for Scotland. And when he's missing, a lot of their game goes missing. So I'm going to go with Hamish Watson at seven. Well, I had I actually had I mean 
to believe it, we got Tipperick out of there and he got man of the match, so he didn't even make it. But I was pretty pretty similar to yours, apart from uh, apart from maybe one. But let's go in the backs. I mean, Dupont quite clearly was outstanding. He was amazing. He set things up. He helped score that try. But he just needs apart, to keep time better. Yeah. He? Apart from that <laughs> kick, in the last minute, what were you doing? Kicking it in, you know, back was ridiculous. I, I mean, it was a close one with Bigger and Sexton, but I thought Johnny Sexton not played in a while. In a while, you know, nineteen points. He was he was outstanding. Not um, not Intermac. Not Intermac. Not the, no, not the young lad in no, rainy conditions. No, listen, no, listen. Okay, Intermac. Okay, he did play well, but I don't oh, think he was as controversial, mate. as Johnny Sexton scoring oh. all of those points. Oh. On the wing, I had Josh Adams, three tries, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Nick Tompkins, I hope he gets a start because he was outstanding. I know he only played a half, but um, I, I quite like George North, actually, as an outside centre just for this game only, but whether he should stay there, I don't know. Um, and on the wing, I quite, I know... Rattez played quite well. He was a, sort of a late addition, wasn't he? I'll tell you what, he has a nose for the trial, oh doesn't God. he? <laughs> he has a nose for his all nose, sorts. His nose can get there before anyone else, can't he? Yeah. But he looked about 11 stone, 10 stone. I thought he was playing like English. He sniffs his food in as well. <laughs> Not quite as uh, efficient digestive oh, system, clearly. Yeah, so, uh, but on the other wing, I mean, I quite like uh, Stockdale. I thought he played quite well. What do you think? Johnny quite... May. No, sorry, no, Johnny two May. Of the most I, know, outstanding. I, know, I know he stopped yeah, on the one try, but oh, I know, those I know. two tries, yeah, mate, I'm have jo- yeah, John, how many other Johnny wingers May. in the world could score them? J- Johnny in a May side retreating he as well. He was outstanding. But uh, at fullback, I'm torn. That boot from, oh, oh my Boutier. God, Boutier's boot, 90 yards pretty Probably much. name, really. But I, I quite like, uh, I mean, Half Benny had quite a good game, but not quite a good a game as Boutier. And I'm going to I'm going to go with the French Boutier. So, do you think that is a a good fifteen? I it's think a it's good, a pretty good. It's 15. a good fifteen. I had a, can we have a, coach? Can we have coach? Actually, can we have a can we have the coach? Well, Sean Edwards, isn't it? <laughs> he's he's assistant. Sean, coach. Sean no, Edwards, head assistant coach. coach, head coach, head coach. I'm going to go with Gautier yeah, for nothing too. else than his glasses. glasses. Dennis Taylor look. Oh my God! Dennis what Taylor stroke Elton John. Was, what was he thinking? Fashion sense. I think Sean's fashion sense is rubbed off on the French management. Rocket. This week's predictions. Okay, it's uh, predictions time for this week. Um, Big games. uh, Pressure all round now. Everyone's got a game under their belt. Momentum with some sides. Uh, Must wins for other. I mean, they're all must wins, but even more so. Uh, Brax, what are your thoughts? Ireland-Wales. Viva Stadium. I'd like like to sit on the fence, but... that doesn't work. We won't do that. I'm going to say it's going to be a close affair. I'm going to say that Wales are going to win by one point. <laughs> I'm going with six. Okay. So you got Wales? Yeah, I've gone oh, Wales. Yeah, right, I think okay. Wales. They've got a core group of leaders there that have yep. done the business before. Um, uh, yeah, Ireland had their moments, but I wasn't too impressed with them. Yep. Um, they've... In their favour, they're a bit more battle-hardened because their game is a bit harder. But sure. this Welsh side, I think, are ready to go to Dublin and, and take the win. But again, uh, under a, a converted try. So Ireland will be bat- battering the door down and the Welsh defence will stand strong as it did in the Gatland era. OK, so we agree, agree on on who's going to win. So the next one is the Scotland-England game away from home. This is very close to call. Scotland were outstanding against, you know, against Ireland and they'll be devastated... Hog would be devastated not to touch that try. What could have been, but against England, who you know in the past they've always recovered quite well, haven't they? The question is, is you know, is this Saracen saga? Is this World Cup hangover? Is this game against France too much for their confidence? Um, oh, do you know what? I'm gonna. It's a big call. I'm gonna say Scotland win by four points, and uh, on the back of that, Eddie Jones should get the chop. <laughs> What about you? You really don't like him. No, I'm not. Um, so, what about you? Who do you think is going to going to win this game, Scotland against England? Um, it's a tight one. You mentioned Scott, the Scottish. They've got to be confident. I know they didn't get the win. They've got to be confident with how they played, but for the ball being dropped over the line and some dodgy refereeing, they'll they're at home from home crowd. Um, they'll smell blood against an England side in a bit of disarray. Yeah. Selection, confidence. They've been battered ultimately in their last two games physically. Um, but I'm going with an England turnaround. As you mentioned, they don't often lose two in a row. Um, by six points, it'll be tough. Murrayfield's, you know, it's the worst ground for me um, in terms of international atmosphere and ground and everything surrounding it. I did not enjoy playing there. Bagpipes. 
bagpipes, Braveheart, all that rubbish <laughs> going on. It was actually like a ghost town as well when I was up there. I was expecting something like, first time I played there, 2008, I was expecting something like 1990, Murrayfield you saw on TV yeah. with David Soul with the shirt ripped. They said, oh, it's a cauldron up here. Yeah. Hey, it was, And it was miserable. It's oh. always miserable oh. weather when you go up there. I'm going with England by six, um, but I've got to make some changes. And the last game, France against Italy. I mean, France will have so much confidence now, won't they? Italy absolutely battered by Wales. So from France's point of view, they're going to have so much confidence now. And I think they'll be able to enforce their new game plan. I don't think Italy will be able to score much against them. It's going to be a bit of a battering. So I, I, my, my prediction is going to be another 42 points or 45 points to France. I'm going 50, mate. I've just changed. I've just written, I wrote down 40. I've changed it to 50. The Italians are going to carry on playing the way they do. Mm. Sean Edge's defence is going to create more turnovers in the Welsh defence. And you've got the French backline to contend with and the confidence they're going to be given. And they're going to be ruthless with it. I can't see the French of old maybe two or three early tries and then letting Italy back in it. Mm. Not with Sean and that coaching staff there and a new mindset. They seem to have. Because yeah. we know they are inconsistent, but uh, I'm back in France to have turned the corner now and 50 points for me. At this stage, can we just do a final prediction for the Six Nations? We talked about earlier last week. So no, 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 let's keep, let's keep, we, no, 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 let's keep with what now, we what said. Saying now, what you're saying now, we're saying, I know what I said, but now, do you think France are going to win the Grand Slam? Do you think Ireland can, or Wales can do well? What do you think? What, what, what's the final standings? We've got it wrong. We're allowed to have a new prediction. Okay, all right, that's fine. New prediction. Um, big game's going to be the France-Wales game in Cardiff. Because England could still win the Six Nations. Of course they can. They got the bonus point yeah. out of that game. Abject performance, but still did yeah. enough to get the bonus point. Oh. Um, it blows it wide open. I, th- I see Wales beating France in Cardiff in a few weeks' time. I see England beating Wales at home. So let's just, so let's just do it. Okay, let's just do the winner of the Six Nations. Who you think is going to be the winner of the Six Nations? <sighs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I've changed, I'm going to go with Wales now. Wales. I, I just think they've got the core group of players that have been yeah. there and done it before. Yeah. Great coaching well, you see, I staff. just can't see the French just backing everything up all the time, mm. I just can't see it. So They're going to have some sticky times, aren't they? Yeah, well, just because you've gone Wales, I'm going to go France for the fiver. Rocket Six Nations Special. Thank you very much for listening, but before we go... Uh, the more astute listeners might have picked up um, that we were referencing a song that we thought was quite appropriate to um, probably England's situation leading into the week against Murrayfield, given the result yesterday. Um, a bit of a fun, fun element. Um, we fed a few lines in there, and any listeners out there, if you want to get hold of us um, on Twitter at uh, Rucket underscore podcast, just to let us know. How intently you were really listening and paying attention. You've not made it easy. I'm not being funny. You've not made it easy. They've no, got to get, they've made, got to get the song choice this isn't out of those sub- subliminal lines. I can't even say it. You think they'll get it? Mate, you know, it's, it's, we, we, we've got... I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we attract the intelligent <laughs> listener. Yeah. And and it's also, not, shall we say, you know... Listen, the, most, the well, most of them are my friends and family, so that none of them are going to get it. Globally well-read and uh, music boffins amongst you. Okay, so they've got so to come up with the. the you, you've the, got to come up with the title of the song. We fed three or four lines in throughout the show. Okay, okay, which is appropriate to the situation England find themselves in leading into this week. You probably guess the song anyway. Thank you very much for listening. Join us next week to see if our predictions are right. Stay safe. Enjoy the weekend's matches. Rocket.